Welcome to the Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons, helping you boost your health, energy, and productivity. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Thrive TV Show. I'm Lauren Parsons, your host, and today I'm joined by Julie Schooler, who is an amazing author, mum of two, and currently in Auckland, just coming out of the second lockdown. How are you, Julie? Great. My kids are back at school. (laughs) Nice to have, isn't it? Yeah, our kids are similar ages, actually, all at primary school, which is quite a nice age, isn't it? Great. Absolutely adore them. Sorry. (laughs) But um, yeah, I really like them back at school right now. (laughs) Absolutely. It's nice to have that routine back, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So today we're talking about how to be rebelliously happy in dark times. And obviously, you know, I don't even need to say the word unprecedented or uncertain because that is what we're facing at the moment and for many months ahead, no doubt. And I really love this idea of being rebelliously happy uh, because I think a lot of people, we do need this right now. So we're going to talk about quick, fun, gratitude practices you can do each day, why play is important, even for grown-ups, and unusual ways to bring back your sparkle. So I'm really excited to hear this, Julie. But before we get into that, I'd love to get to know you a little more. So are you ready for a quick fire round? Yes, please. Go for it. Fantastic. So tell me, spots or stripes? Uh, spots. Spots, okay. Football or basketball? Uh, neither. <laughs> neither. Nice. Yep. Your own opinion. I love it. A free healthcare or free education? Uh, free healthcare. Indoors or outdoors? Indoors. Oh, nice. Would you rather be a poet or a scientist? A poet. I'm thinking of you as a writer. (laughs) Climb a mountain or relax on the beach? I'll relax on the beach every time. Okay, nice. Invisibility or invincibility? Invisibility. Ah, nice. Sneak around. Cardio or weights? Uh, (laughs) uh, Yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, totally. Unique. And last one is long nails or short nails? Uh, Short nails. Yes. Okay. Mm. Nice. I'm with you on that as well. (laughs) So Julie Schooler is the author of nine books, Mama of Two Beautiful Tiny Humans. She wants you to rediscover your sparkle. So she's on a mission to help busy people have all the love, energy and fun they deserve without the guilt or the overwhelm. She lives with her family in Auckland, New Zealand, where you may find her trying to bake the world's best chocolate brownie. Oh my goodness, that just makes me hungry. So uh, it's really great to have you with us, Julie. So tell me, how did you get started into writing all these fabulous books? Thanks, Lauren. Um, And yes, I've been um, baking a lot of chocolate brownies during these lockdowns and quarantines. So um, I haven't perfected it yet. Uh, I I must have to just keep trying. Uh, But yes, go back five years and um, just over five years ago and I was pregnant with my second child and I lost my job and uh, and I was on a contract and it ended uh, unexpectedly for me. And actually go back further I was pre- uh, just after I had my first child um, I started writing and and I hadn't written anything for 20 years you know I just squashed it and I really feel like um, bringing a baby into the world creating life brought back my creativity and I just I just couldn't not write um, I started dabbling in picture books and I started um, 
writing a blog and my first blog was about how little sleep I had <laughs> wow. with a six with a six month old baby. <laughs> I felt like I had six hours in the last six months. And um yes, yeah, so fast forward and when I lost my job, I was like, what am I gonna do? I'm pregnant and I didn't want to find another job straight away. And um and um so when after um Eloise was born, um I I sort of read up on a lot of things and 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 found a course and I did the course that promised that you could publish a bestseller on Amazon in 90 days. Um, that's from starting from scratch from zero and um, they were wrong. It took me about 104 days to get a bestseller on Amazon. So, um, well done. <laughs> so that really just sparked it all off. And five years ago, I knew zero about writing books, about writing, doing anything. And um, now I'm writing my 10th book. So it's been a fabulous journey. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know you did start the parenting and now you're doing more around self-help and inspiration. Mm. So I love this topic. Tell me, why do you think people need to be rebelliously happy right now? Well, because it's very, very hard. That's why I call it rebelliously happy. It's actually scientifically proven that being happy is harder than not being happy. You always think there's these Pollyannas in the world that um, just skip through life and are happy. Actually, I, I think they're actually um, um, using a lot of willpower and determination to be happy. And I certainly am, but I just can't think of anything more important. Like why um, default to a negative um, viewpoint and, and orientation like everybody else um, when you could actually try and be happy. And it's, and once you actually work out a few techniques and tools that you can use daily, it's actually um, not that hard. You can reset mm -hmm. your emotions in an instant if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting perspective actually to go from because it's not because it's hard to be happy to thinking, but actually, basically, it's just about choosing, having an intention, putting some of the practices into place that you'll share with us in a moment. I'm sure to choose to go from the natural default of scanning the world for for danger and scanning the world for challenges to actually be more optimistic and feel more positive. So tell me, yes. what are some of those simple gratitude practices that you wanted to share that can help us to shift how we feel in an instant? Well, this is my first one, and I got this from Louise Hay, who's a, who was the founder of a Hay House that passed away a couple of years ago at the ripe old age of 90-something. And um, she said she, every, every morning when she woke up, she thanked her bed. So she said, thank you, bed. And isn't that just so ridiculous and so profound? <laughs> But it's so profound, right? Because, you know, there's a lot of people in the world that don't have a bed to sleep on. And, and a couple of hundred years ago, most people didn't sleep in a bed. And so it's just waking up and it's immediately um, removing your lizard brain, your chatterbox that's going, you don't have enough time, you, you, you've slept through your alarm, you, the, the kids are screaming around. And instead you're going, thank you, bed. And just, just trying to reset straight away. So I really like that. Every morning I wake up and... Um, and I go, thank you, bed. And then, um, and then I do my morning meditation, which we can talk about if you like. Um, and, um, and then, so beginnings and endings are really important. So I start the day, thank you, bed. And end the day. And I mean, there's a lot of things that say you should write things down. And I know, you, and I've tried that over years, but you know, I'm a busy mum. So um, mm -hmm. just go to bed and think of three things. When you go to bed, think of three things or... Um, for years and years and I sort of fall out of the practice but we can get back into it I ask my kids you know what's one thing you're grateful for and one mm. thing you're happy when I when I tuck them into bed and it's a really nice way of ending the day
Absolutely, yeah. And it's interesting actually that you mentioned this because just this week I've actually had three different one-on-one clients who I've been talking to about the power of gratitude to shift how we feel, you know, even on our dark days because we know that on our dark days it can help to make them a little better and on our good days it can make them even better and on a great day it can make it extraordinary and, and that power of gratitude if we make it a daily practice. And the exact same thing, someone said, oh, you know, I tried having a journal and it just didn't work. Mm. And I think that's really good to acknowledge and to realize, oh, you don't have to do a gratitude journal. Yes, they're amazing. Yes, they're scientifically proven. Yes, for lots of people, they work phenomenally well. But what's really powerful is to have those simple practices that can just be like sharing around the dinner table, what was the best thing about your day? So you mm. get to double the happiness factor, replaying in your mind or in the shower in the morning, cast your mind back to one thing you're grateful for from the day before and set a positive intention for the day or as you say just share with someone what are, or think in your mind what are three things you're thankful for because I think if we can find simple ways to integrate it that's the most important it doesn't have to be just writing it down so perhaps again that's useful for someone listening in today to go oh I can make that work for me yeah yeah are there exactly. any other little, you said there was lots of different quick fun practices oh quick fun practices fun ways that you practice gratitude Yes, just just um just on the gratitude practices, you you noted it. It's it's linking it to something else you're doing. So brushing your teeth, you, you do a gratitude practice. You're in the shower, you think, oh, I'm in the shower. I'll do a gratitude practice. Oh, I'm tucking my kids into bed. I'll do a gratitude practice. Sitting down to dinner, we always just say thank you, because you know there is food on our table, and that that is also very profound. You know, mm. um, you know, not everyone has food on their table every night. So, um, so I like quick, fun, easy ways of, um, of trying to get happiness into my day. So, um, so the, some of the things is, you know, like to make yourself feel better is things like um, just um, making meditation a habit. And again, I, I try to do these the quickest, easiest, um, simplest ways possible. So um, yeah. just um, when I was pregnant with my first child, I actually um, went to a Vipassana meditation retreat and it was a 10 day silent retreat and we had to meditate for like 14 hours a day in silence and um um just to our breath (laughs) no we didn't have a mantra there was no guided meditations it was just um sitting completely still um breathing in and out and it was horrific and i was just hungry and tired and angry the whole time i'm sure other people have got better things out of those sort of retreats but i hated it so <laughs> when i got out of there i was like you've just got to find a better way of, of doing meditation and now i found a 10 minute guided meditation that i just put into my ears every morning and i absolutely love it so um whenever you're trying to do sparkly daily activities um do the things that you can fit in that are really fun um Another one that I really like to um, get people thinking about because we're living in a funny time at the moment and you can't do everything you like is writing what I call an apocalypse bucket list. Apocalypse bucket list. Apocalypse bucket list. So you can't do everything you wanted to do um, this year. You might not be able to travel or um, all those sort of things. So, um, but it doesn't stop you writing down all your dreams and um, wants and desires and um, things like that. And just, just the process of writing it down means that the universe has your back. You know, you're actually thinking about doing those things in the future and it makes you happier. Anticipating some future thing, even if it's a dream, even if you have no idea what your, um, how it's going to go about or when it's going to happen actually does make you happier day to day. Yeah. 
It reminds me of John Goddard, who I don't know if you know the story of John Goddard, who at age 15, he was sitting listening to his father and all of his father's friends sitting around the, the kitchen table and talking about all the things that they wish they'd done with their lives and wish I'd done that and I wish I went there and you know now I'm too old for this and now I couldn't do that and he got up and left the room and went out and found a yellow legal pad and just wrote at the top of it my life list and he wrote out a list of 127 things that he wanted to do in his lifetime and they were amazing things like you know climb some of the highest mountains in the world and you know, read a, um, a trek from the source to the end of the Nile and read read just all of the works of, you know, the Bible, Hemingway, Dickens, you know, 17 mm -hmm. other authors, all these various different things, live to see the 21st century, get married, have children, all those things. And, and some of them were quite out there, like uh, climb Everest and go to the moon. And out of that list, he actually achieved 108 out of those original wow. 127 things. And they were pretty phenomenal. And you know, it was like milk a poisonous snake and all these different things. But he actually shaped his life to become what something that would suit all of those ideas and adventures. So he became a photographer and traveled the world and did photography for National Geographic and different things so anyway really interesting and inspiring story if anyone's listening in and wants oh, to get inspired on on that idea of writing down that bucket list because he said the power was writing it down having a time frame and then it was just the small steps towards achieving that and he didn't make it to the moon he didn't make it up everest but he did achieve so many of those goals and dreams so i love that idea you know just to dream it and think about it even if we can't be doing it right i keep saying this is this you know a lot of people write a bucket list after they've had a near-death experience or a loved one has died or something like this. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. This is a global wake-up call. This is the time mm. for everyone to write a bucket list right now. Because mm. if you haven't done something you've always wanted to do and now you can't do it because of COVID, um, you know, like, that is, that's very upsetting. You probably had a chance before now. Uh, you know, I've, I haven't been to South America and now I'm like, when am I ever going to be able to go? Like, who knows? We don't know. We're living in such a time of uncertainty. The way you can feel certain about things is to work out some goals that you want to have one day. Mm. Um, just having them there makes you feel more in control of your life. Nice. I love it. And I love that you talk about bringing back your sparkle. And I know that you said you, you have unusual ways to bring back your sparkle. So tell us more about that. Yes, I, I um, want to address the fact that a lot of people um, want maybe are thinking, oh goodness, I don't even know what to put in our, um, on my bucket list. Or what do I imagine? Mm -hmm. What do I do? And I really think that um, grown-ups, us as grown-ups, we've, we've lost the ability to imagine things and we've lost the ability um, to be creative and to play and stuff. So um, think like a child, um, do things, you know, we're probably, a lot of us have had time at home with children. So do things that your children really like to do. Like um, I've just got my eight-year-old playing Scrabble. Um, and I know that doesn't sound like a sparkly activity, but we have a great time. <laughs> that does um, to me. I love board games, Julie. So that, that's like, oh, yes. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a geek for way back. So Scrabble, um, uh, you know, it's spelling and stuff. And so it brings out my writer in me. And, you know, I'm teaching my kid and we're having some good times together. But what I'm trying to say is work out what play is to you. So you find ways to play that are fun for you. And I'm, I read a book that said, if you do, um, it's called Play It Away and it's a great book. So I highly recommend it. Um, 
And if you do half an hour of play every day for seven days a week, it's 2% of your week. 2% of your week. And we say that we can't fit play in, but we, we can fit play in. We just don't know what play is. So um, play to me is not like, I can throw the ball around with my kids, but doing that by myself or like with adults, that's not my bag. But reading a really good book curled up on the sofa on a Sunday afternoon, that's play to me. So work out what play is to you and do that thing. Okay, so you're defining play as that thing that's just whatever you enjoy, whatever you get lost in, get in flow in, perhaps. Yeah, I love, that, I actually do love being outside and getting my kids. My youngest daughter really loves being in charge of games at the moment. She's going mm. through this phase where she likes to organise the game, you know, so we'll be on our bikes and she'll put the hoops out and she'll tell me I have to bike this way and that way. And, and it's just kind of ridiculous, but it's just fun to go with it as well. And I know that for her, it really fills up her love tank because quality time is her thing. So... I feel like, okay, I can put on my well done mum, sort of <laughs> pat on the back when I spend that time. But I totally agree with you in that statement that you said that play is important even for grown-ups because I think a lot of us have lost, you know, that, that spark. So how do, you, how do people bring that back? If that sounds unusual with someone listening in, how do they bring that back into their lives? Well, you bring it back by two, doing two very boring things. <laughs> you mm. write a list and then you schedule it in. <laughs> nice. No one wants to hear that. But basically, it's just making play a habit. Remember, you know, half hour play a day is 2% of your week. So um, just, just, I always say, do the thing that you've actually told yourself you don't have any time to do. Do the thing that um, you've, you've taken out of your life you know, um, because you're too busy, you've got work, you've got family and whatever. Do that thing. You know what it is. Just work it out. Just just, just have a think for a minute and, and it will come up. Mm, that's great. Yeah. And so what are your tips for people that are wanting to get their sparkle back? We talked about gratitude. We talked about play. Is there something else as well or is it those two areas? Um, oh, there's, there's lots of my sparkle book, my beautiful little sparkle book. I love this one. Um, and, um, I, I mean, there's, there's so many things I, I think there's, I use sparkles on acronym, so I can tell you, um, the acronym that it stands okay. for. So S stands for savor. So look at the moon for a minute, you know, something like that. Um, P we're talking mm -hmm. about play. Um, appreciation, so we talked about gratitude, um, and rest, we've talked about meditation, I mean sometimes you think getting your sparkle back is about um, play and about all the fun things, and sometimes it's just about going to bed on time <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and K is um, for kindness and so really at the moment that is just being so extremely kind to yourself, you know um, giving giving yourself a break this is hard, this is hard for every everyone um, there is so much uncertainty. People don't like uncertainty. Uh, my next yeah. book is, a, is about um, feeling better and uh, feeling more in control in a, in a crazy world. So um, yeah. work out how you can um, be kind to yourself. Just, just really give yourself a break. Um, yeah, and it's interesting when you say about uncertainty because, you know, I've got some amazing coaches in my life and one of my coaches, <clears throat> we were talking about it and she said, you know, life is always uncertain. 
And, and it's interesting because we know that, but I think we often put that to the back of our mind and a lot of what we're hearing, it's actually loading up that response, that negative response thinking, oh my goodness, there's so much uncertainty. But actually, when you really think about it, life is always uncertain <laughs> and we are always facing change. And yes, it is increased at the moment. And yes, you know, your brain is scanning the world for regular patterns and when it doesn't see them, it feels threatened at a certain level. But it's really good to notice, you know, I sort of sometimes talk with clients about the exercise or take a piece of paper, draw a big circle and then write all the things that you do have control over inside the circle and then all the things you don't have control over outside of the circle because the more that you can recognise that and go, well, I don't have control over that. Like, I don't get to choose what the government says is happening right now. I don't get to choose when a vaccine comes around. I don't get to choose whether it's raining today and all those things. If we can let go of them and instead choose to focus on what you can control, it's mm. a really powerful way to, to, I guess, respond to that uncertainty. And certainly, as you say, kindness, being kinder than is necessary to anyone that you meet, because you never know what they're going through in their day. That's one of my top values. And being kind to yourself. Yeah, I love that. Thanks, Julie. Yes. So what are the other ones? We're through to the K. K, L um, stands for lightheartedness. So lightheartedness is a sort of really typical um, really fun things just just do just add some fun into your day um you know dance dance for a minute like that just shakes up you 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 talk about snacking on exercise and you know yeah. dancing for a minute you know it just shakes your whole body up um mm -hmm. sometimes you think you're in a funk but all you need to do is is stretch is to stand up is to smile um so it's, it's just it's just changing your physiology is really important and e stands for extraordinary so everybody is extraordinary you're a unique person and um and it's just remembering that and as you said you know life is uncertain and that's the whole definition of life like no one is put on this planet knowing Mm. what they're doing like most people just wander around having no idea what they're doing all the time but just pretending they do so just assume that everybody is like that and um treat people kindly and um and just go for it you know mm. nice yeah it's interesting about the uncertainty because you know in terms of our six human needs one of them is certainty it's one of those six human needs but another one out of those six is uncertainty. That yeah, we need variety. <laughs> variety. We want that, you know, we don't want to have the same thing. You don't want Groundhog Day over and over again. So it's, I think, embracing that, isn't it? It's, that's, that's exactly why I um, suggest writing a bucket list because you're getting certainty over what you want to do, but then there's variety in what you're actually doing. So it meets those two needs. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I love it. <laughs> Wonderful, Julie. That's just been really inspiring speaking with you. And just, I love the whole concept of adding play into your day, obviously practicing gratitude. And I love the acronym to boost your sparkles. So if people wanted Thanks. to find out more about you, what's the best way to reach you? So uh, look for Julie Schooler on the socials. Uh, say hi. Uh, the Rediscover Your Sparkle ebook is free everywhere we're online yeah. so um just go and download it you don't have to put your email address in or anything like that i just want people to have it in their lives it's a quick read a couple of hours and um i just get a lot of feedback saying like i just got an email the other day saying you brought sparkle back into my life um my, my friends are noticing it i've recommended your book everywhere so um so when i get emails like that that sparkles my day so <laughs> totally 
totally, yeah. totally. Actually, I just had a message from someone the other day from actually from an event organizer, and I'd spoken about my concept of snacking on exercise, which is I know that you watch my TED talk, so thank you for that. And she messaged me and she said, Lauren Parsons has just made me, uh, given me hope that I can be happy again. And that just was oh, like, wow. oh my goodness, that <laughs> overwhelmed me with like, oh wow, okay. If you know, if no one else ever hears that interview, if that one person heard it and that is how they feel, then wow. I'm yes. So, and I'm sure that you're very much the same, Julie. So that's so generous of you to share that with us all. So. Yeah. Thanks. I, I, write, I, I write this stuff and I'm very, sorry, I'm, I write this stuff and I'm, I'm very up, honest. I write this stuff for me. I like, I write this stuff because I need to remind myself mm. every day that this is tough and we can get through it and, um, and you know, life doesn't have to be, um, uh, life is what you make it. So, yeah. Absolutely. Totally agree. Oh, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your wisdom. If you're listening in, please do make sure you head to thrivetvshow.com and then just click down below. You'll be able to get all of the links to, to connect in with Julie or just look up Julie's schooler online. So thank you so much, Julie. Thank you again for joining us for another episode. That's been another episode of the Thrive TV Show. Go out and thrive. Thank you for listening to The Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons. Visit thrivetvshow.com to access the show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next inspiring episode.